What's up, y'all? Today we got a special, special show. I know I say that every week, but for real, for real. We got a special show today. Today, man, we got one, probably one of the more, you know, celebrated hip-hop street legends, artists, man, graffiti artists. Like, this is probably one of the more influential people uh, in hip-hop. Uh, I'm talking about the one and only Thurston Howard III, a.k.a. Vic Lowe, a.k.a. Big Polo himself. You feel me? Man, y'all check this out. It's the return of the Polo Fucking Vic Law in the house, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, thank you, man. I gotta ask you, bro. I know, I know I call you Vic. I know you Thurston Howard the third. First off, what do you like to be called and where'd you get your names from? I'm Vic. I'm I'm all of them people. My mother named me Vic, so I'm never gonna be ashamed of that name or say, oh, why you calling me by my government? My name is Vic Lowe. Now, you know, Big Vic Lowe is my name. Word. Big Vic Lowe the Barbarian is my lowlife name. Word. You know, um, I mean, call me whatever you feel is appropriate, man. Thurston is my professional name. Gotcha. So usually in a, in, a, in a professional atmosphere, I've always asked people to call me Thurston. So when someone else hears them speak of me, they know exactly who they're referring mm. to because there's only one Thurston in hip hop. It's only one thirst in an entertainment period besides, you know, the Gilligan's Island character. But I'm cool with whatever, man. First time I heard Low Life stuff, first time I heard about the fairy tale. I was like, man, it's like, yeah, man, they're like street stylists. You know, niggas throwing all, yeah, all, yeah, all type of drum, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, in that, man, I, I became a fan of you. Didn't even wow. know a fan of what y'all was doing. And all I was looking for was a togetherness. Anything that had like um, y'all remember the um, y'all remember the Guardian Angels in New York? Yeah, yeah. Man, sure. I used to love the Guardian Angels because of the togetherness. Mm -hmm. Anything that had structure, anything that had uh, a, a way of life, and when you believed it in your heart and you carried it like that, bro, mm -hmm. I was I was attaching myself to that. So the story of what you guys were doing for your area, for your community, to togetherness, not even knowing. And then Joe, I heard the stories of the battles. Like this is where early rap is going. This is when rap is just being created. Really, y'all are really shaping rap. You know what I'm saying? Putting yeah. the head, the shoulders like this, the foundation, and it was a lot. And then I start hearing rap go from I'm busy be on the microphone to Scientologists, niggas on the numerologists, and it started getting real technical, and then it started getting real educational. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going on, you're, you're a student of mine, nah, bro. Like, I've been downloading you for a minute, but I never had a face. It never had a face to me. It never wow. had a, who led the movement on that? So when Church first brought this to me, I was like, I know the story. And he was shocked that I knew. Mm -hmm. He was shocked that I'm a little country boy from South Carolina, put all this together. And I was like, nah, I ain't really putting together until we met Mark Levin. Mm -hmm. Mark Levin started this. So I was in it. So yeah, I'm as much as a fan you are of mine, Huge fan of yours and what you not did for. I mean, you dominated, man, and that's what I'm about. Facts. Dominating, like I'm not coming to just, yeah, he did his thing. No, he mm. conquered, and you know, you you a prime example, and you know, you inspiration to so many people. Just mm. seeing your story when we went to the premieres, like I left there, like I just wanted to do some work when I left. Mm. I want to write a rhyme. I want to do something. Cause right. when I seen how you conquered, man, you know conquer adversity at the same time and all of that. Would you, would you agree that 
If you're not the one stepping on you, the being, you're the one being stepped on. Oh, because I was the one being stepped on. That's what made me learn how to stomp people out. Mm. You know, I was the one getting beat up. They was testing me every day, beating me up. Mm. You know, to where that's how I learned how to fight right. and really be good at it because I'm getting practice every day. So it got to a point where I'm not losing no fights, mm. you know, but this is how the streets rage you. And, and you know, as negative and crazy and wild as it was, I wouldn't have had it no other way, man. I'm, I'm so grateful and happy that I was born and raised and trained in New York Facts. because I take that training everywhere now. Mm. And you know, a New Yorker, you don't fear anything, man. Facts. I grew up in the projects with a thousand personalities a day. When I walk out my house, I got a thousand friends waiting for me outside. Mm. All different caliber of people, characters, personas. So you learn to adapt and mm. deal with everybody. You know, and that's a skill like you can't get in school. That's you early Brownsville? That. Early Brownsville yeah. is where you're from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was born in Far Rockaway, Queens. Okay. And Far Rockaway, Queens is another Brownsville. You oh, know what I mean? Wow. It's another hard body area of New York City. Mm. They call it Alcatraz. Wow. You know, so I, I, I lived there till maybe I was like 10 years old. And I had a big family. You know, my, my mother had 10 brothers and sisters and all that. And everybody was a gang member. Wow. Like the warrior movies, like oh, wow. my house consisted of those gang meetings and those gang colors. Mm. Like to me, that's the beginning of hip hop fashion. Mm. You know, the gang colors when they bleached their Facts. denim suits and they put the letters on the Facts. back. Iron and, them um, out, had the, had the creases in their joint, all that. Yep, the patches. And, but the, the crazy thing is like, you know, now in hip hop, fashion is finally being acknowledged as element the fifth element mm. and more so because of low lives because now low life have haven't forced that you mm. know myself i've enforced it but mm. when you do the knowledge and the science of the elements fashion was the first element they it, it was just never put Fox. you know in the forefront like that but it was always the number one element before the graffiti writer and the break dancer you wanted to look like them so you dressed like them before you became that you know, you was adapting to the persona, adapting to being who you wanted. You were dressing like it first, and then you learned how to be it all the way, you know? Your fit was always going to speak for you, too. Yeah. I always seen somebody fit. I can tell what type of person. I have been, you know, as a young kid, paid attention and been you know, aware of the surroundings so much that when I seen somebody in an outfit, it told me who they was and what they were on most of the time. Cat coming around with a polo on, real slick, nice watch, glasses on, mm-hmm. already new, hopping out of a nice car. That speaks to you. Cat yeah. with, got some Tims on, they tied mm-hmm. up, do rat, he coming, cut off, it looked like he finna go stomp somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the clothes in your outfit said everything. Being from New York, too, I also learned that a lot of these dudes were wearing costumes. They were just looking the part and they weren't the part. You know what I mean? So, dudes are coming in looking tough. Wearing a hat to the back, the gold chain, a bit, but they were not. You know what I mean? That was a big costume ever going on. You know, so I learned to see beyond what dudes are wearing. Like right now, I'm not. I don't judge anyone on their appearance because people do that to me all the time. And when they see what's in here, you know, they would have never in a million years thought that I would actually be the person I am. Mm. Once I open my mouth, once I speak. It totally takes away the, them looking at my tattoos and or my gold teeth or my chains and things like that, you know? So assumptions though, I love and, it. But that came with the maturity, man. Maturity taught me to be that way. Um, 
When you're young, yeah, you're going to look at everyone from that perspective. Yeah, this guy's like this, this guy. And, you know, in all actuality, they really not a lot of times, you know? They just playing a role, man. Nice. Especially these hip-hop dudes, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like cut and paste. Something that worked, people are going to try it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? If they use the wheel in something, the next person is dumb not to actually uh, yeah. use the wheel. So I totally get it sometimes. I'm a huge fan of originality. Same here. I, I think that you can be inspired by ones, but, you know, biting and copying, mm-hmm. I, I ain't never felt that. That was, never that was a look law. Like anybody else. I've always, I've always, I was always programmed to look different, to mm-hmm. be different, to think different. And my mind used to always use the analogy, if everybody's jumping off a bridge to die, would you jump off the bridge too? No, and it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And once you put it in those simplest forms, it, it comes very simplistic to where you ain't got to overthink nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You spoke on your early, uh, your early days of upbringing. Talk about your inspirations and what was inspiring you as a young kid at that time. Um, I would actually say... Um, and what time is this too, by the way? Give me the time. It's just so I, I, as an early kid, especially in my early days in Far Rockaway, you know, poverty was an inspiration to me. Just about what, 70s, 75? 70s, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, pushing 54 now. So mm-hmm. in the 70s, it's like, you know, my entire family was like heroin addicts. Mm. So I don't remember Christmas gifts. I don't remember you know, anyone buying me a bike or skates or skateboards. So I would invent a lot of things, you know. Mm. I was the dude who, I love karate movies. So I'm trying to make every weapon that they have. Nobody's buying it for me. I steal my grandmother's broom. I cut cut it with the saw. I make nunchucks. Uh, I take the dog's chain that they walk the dog with. I clip the chain up to use for the chain and the nunchucks. Um, You know, I would make bow and arrows you know, from pieces of the tree, but really, my joints was really working. They were really sharp. I could really hit you and everything. You know, so I was always real inventive because of what I didn't have. Mm. But I always, anything I invented, I enjoyed it. Naturally. Naturally. So most of my life was that. You know, I, I've, I've always been in like a survival mode because something was always lacking. But in my eyes and in the way I was resourceful, nothing was ever lacking. I mm. always got what I wanted, what I needed mm. in any form. I always knew how to improvise and create what I wanted, my lane, you know, for things. I remember I was part of uh, the church my uncle went to across the street in Far Rockaway. And I was part of the Royal Rangers. They were like the Boy Scouts of the church. Oh, okay. So I remember going on a camping trip with, with the Royal Rangers and like I said, I'm poor. I didn't have the, the tents and, the, and all the camping equipment that everyone else has, but I want to go on the camping trip. Uh. And I remember coming um, on the camping trip with a big vinyl sheet and some sticks and some ropes and I made my tent put it up, probably fell down a couple of times while I'm sleeping at night, but I, I was resourceful. I made my own shelter and everything for this camping trip. And I remember that dudes was laughing at me and all that, right? So, you know, I'm a kid, balded. But I remember when it was over, they gave me an award for making the tent. Damn. You know, like they presented me with, you know, something that said, yo, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You was in survival mode. You created, you didn't come for nothing with luxury or to live luxurious, you created your situation. And you know, from, 
from that day on, that has like been a part of my life all the time. Mm -hmm. Anything I see, I know how to utilize it. When I write scripts, I don't write just for my imagination. I write with what I have in reach. If I know I could utilize this, then I'll sit here and write my whole script to this room mm -hmm. or any other room, you know? I know how to improvise like crazy, man, and been that way my whole life. And even on my cooking show, I'm Chef Survival Kit. And that's not a name I created for the cooking show. That was the name I was called in my house. Because mm. there's usually nothing. But I'm going to find something and I'm going to make it work and I'm going to put it together and we're going to eat good. And that's how Low Life was born as well. Mm. From the lack of, man. The lack of gave me everything. Mm. It gave me the power to create, you know? Bringing, bringing things into fruition too and then seeing those things. Mm -hmm. So you probably had one of the crazier, more imaginations than any other kid around you. Or was probably. that the connection when you met other kids to actually look that you thought like you? The other graffiti artists, the other artists, the other rap artists. Did you, did you have a connection from a imaginatory of all of us not having and then let, letting that be kind of the continuity of what we all standing on? Probably not, because I don't think we was even aware of what we were lacking. Mm. Like to grow up as poor as I grew up, I never felt poor. I just knew I couldn't afford anything, but my life was rich. Mm. There was so much riches in the mm. ghetto and in the project. Like I said, I've seen kids, right, grow up in the suburbs, the big, beautiful home, things like that, you know, every five bedrooms, a mansion, whatever the case is, but not have a single friend when you walk outside your door that's Damn. on your block. That's crazy. And, you know, for me, growing up in the project, Section 8, welfare and all that, when I walked outside my door, I had a thousand friends. Mm. So I was rich to me. That made me rich because I could absorb this personality. Mm. Like you said, the other graffiti writers, my friend, I'm learning constantly. Every day. You know, I've always said that I've seen people in different areas, right? In these beautiful areas, like in different, where, where there's not so many people hanging out outside mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. But you go to a good school, you get a diploma and all that. <clears throat> Some of them kids with those diplomas in those uh, suburban areas don't amount to the same intellect as a project dude who just hang out all day. Because he's surrounded by these personalities where he's absorbing knowledge so just from a different form. I mean, schools, they're teaching you to be more obedient than anything else when the street knowledge you're getting. It's life lessons. Yo, yo and it serves purpose. Like, to have them both, wow. you a monster. That's what the world fears, them dudes who got them both, you know? What would you say, uh, when did you start rapping, uh, Vic? Um, it's funny, man, because I got a film, right? Like, one of my dudes used to DJ when I was younger. And uh, I remember we went to the studio with him. I was around 16. And we just went to hang out. And he was like, yo, this mics, man. Get, up, get the mics and play with it. So I went in the studio playing, rapping, and they filmed it. They had actual cameras in there that you could film it while you're rapping. So we filmed it and everything. What year is this? It had to be 86. Mm, okay. And um, when I left the studio that day, I never rapped again. Oh, snap. But the funny thing is that um, I'm a hip-hop fiend. I'm not a fan. I'm a fiend, there's a difference. So I was born before hip hop. I studied everybody who ever came through the gate. Every rapper, every artist, so I never knew that I possessed those skills. It's like reading everybody's book. 
You know what I mean? Reading everybody's how-to manual. I studied everybody's style without ever considering to be a rapper. You know, I'm a graffiti artist first, then I became a break dancer, which it's not like somebody who just, you know, practices a little more. No, I'm a fiend for the culture and all. So I practice every day, even as a little 12 year old kid, I'm disciplined to practice five hours a day, mm. every day, and nothing else matters. And you battling, you battling, battling everybody. Man. Even in rap, I battle everybody. Shout out Buster for what? I battle Buster. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm about. This, my name is Big Vic the Barbarian in my low life days. So mm. when I actually became a rapper, I, I walked in with that same aggression as I was as a lowlife, as a robber and a stealer mm. and, you know, a chain snatcher, whatever it is, because where I'm from, this is what you do or it's done, being done to you type of thing. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, there's so many bits and pieces to this, man, but mm. I'm totally hip hop in every form, every f way you can imagine my whole thought process. Everything has been molded by hip hop, mm. poverty, hard times and love, cause love was always involved. You know, love was always a part of my life. I was always one of those people with a strong heart, show love to my friends. That's what our love and loyalty thing was really built on. Mm -hmm. Some of my friends are 40 years and better, wow. still day ones and things like that, you know? Always been true and I learned a lot of that from my moms. My moms was heroin addict, whatever, on the methadone program, maybe 30, 40 years. But she was loyal to her people. Word. And I seen, when I seen the loyalty they had to her, it was all, even if I couldn't understand or respect their lifestyle, I did respect that loyalty mm. that I witnessed, you know? It wasn't nothing fake about it. That's what's up, and that's in you too, bro. Like, send me, man. You know what I mean? It's part of me, it's like, I, I don't think I would function the same without it. Mm. You know, I believe in being righteous at this point. You know, I've done things in the past that, you know, people might not agree with, but I've never done it to my, my friends right. or my peers. We did things out of survival. Like, I never robbed in my projects. Right. We defended where we live. Right. If we had to take money, we went someplace else to do that. Mm. You know, not to our own people, man. And right. to this day, I'm not, I'm not with that, man. So if I see somebody doing it today, people, I'm like, I already know not to fuck with you. You Facts. violating your people. So Facts. Imagine how you gonna do me. Facts. You know. Facts. Man, um, how much? How much? How much? How much parody or how much parallel is a graffiti artist and an artist? How um, much? How much? Of I don't. I think the consensus is they're different, and I see them very alike. They're alike. I want. I want. I want to hear your take on that. They're totally alike. An artist is an artist, no matter Facts. what you do. I'm an artist when I sweep the floor. Facts. I'm a sweep it like nobody else. Mm. I'm an artist when I cook. I'm an artist when, you know, anything I do. I time. make love. When, so a graffiti artist probably has a, a lot more edge to him because he's willing to take more risk for his art. So there's a lot more to him. He's gonna, you know, hit the train yards and this is illegal, you know? I've, I've hit the train yards. I've been arrested, cut holes in the gates to go in there with 150 cans and things like that to, mm. to do some art with my people, you know? Mm. But um, it's the same, man. You can't, you can't take nothing away from, like, you know, and hip hop has shown that, because look at all of our successful graffiti artists and where they have taken it to. Mm. Let me tell you a funny story, right? Because um, 
you know, I started the graffiti first. So I used to go back and forth to Miami and visit, and I used to always come with my graffiti black books. And, and um, right now they have a graffiti museum in Miami. Yeah, Winwood. Winwood. Yeah. Now, I didn't even know this. It's the art district. Yep. It bit That's off actually of where I'm from. Oh, word. That same exact block. Say word. That the museum is on. Say word. My grandmother's house been there since 1974. Yeah. So now me coming back and forth, you know, still back and forth to New York. So once the big explosion happened in the art district and the museum was born, they put a timeline on the museum of graffiti in Miami. And I am the beginning of the timeline. Oh, wow. I'm the first thing that brought the culture there of graffiti. So the, this, and this is the, I didn't even know this. This is the museum's research that wow. everything led back to me. They're paying homage though. And I appreciate that, it. That acknowledgement we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, man, um, when, did, um, when, did, um, when did low life start for you? Officially, when you was able to call it, put your hands around it, feel it, it was in your heart. When, when, when did low life start for you? Low life actually started in 88, but its history started way before. Two it years, was, four years, 10 years? It could be three, three, four years three, before four years. it became low life. There was, you know, it was an evolution. Like, yeah, you got to start know, somewhere. The name came in 88, you know. I'm, I coined the name low life. But before that, there was different polo crews and things in New York that were being born. There were boosters everywhere. So low life was when the, all the hard body dudes came together. Oh. So that's when like, all right, you could be a polo head, you could rock polo, but don't claim low life and don't wear your polo over here type of thing. Or, and when we show up, you know, we taking everything, everything mm. off your back, Facts. out the store, whatever. Facts. But um. Also, the polo style of fashion, it didn't start with polo. Mm. I was wearing, this is the b-boy fashion of hip hop. So I'm a break dancer. I wore nothing but Adidas suits, Puma suits. Mm. You know, all of them things in the same way, Mm. from head to toe with the headbands, the hat, the sneakers, the laces, no matter what it was. So it was the same style. It was just a different brand. Mm. It went through an evolution in hip hop. You know, like I said, I was born before hip hop. So I was able to see everything evolve and evolve with it and then be the evolution at the same time. You know what I mean? So even down to these brands, man, you know, it went from the Calvin Kleins, the Benetton, the use, the damage, the, you name it, I have a photo in it to show you that I touched them all, even in jail. And that's how New York is. New York is, y'all, y'all are grabbing fashion, y'all putting it together. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I understand the rule in their fashion now when I, when I actually met you, when I actually got to see you, when I got mm-hmm. to see film of you, see the past, see pictures. One of my favorite Wu members is Capadonna, probably my favorite. Poppy Wardrobe. You know what I'm saying? Like, this kid probably had the dopest fashion in rap. Mm-hmm. Never really got the, the that 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 um the confirmation we 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 never really rewarded Capadonna for none of that you know what I'm saying we just I don't know what we did but you know I'm I'm a student of how 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 guys layer and I see that you was kind of I ain't gonna say well you was the first person I saw layered mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying talk about where you got 
style and influence from. It's just walking every, walking around the neighborhood every day, seeing Shorty with the cutoff she got on, you know what I mean? She might have on some, some biker shorts with the woo-woo or the jams, remember when jams was hot, remember, you know? Or you just seeing something in the street. Tell me about some of your fashion influences, what you're seeing around you every day as a kid growing up that you're absorbing, kind of spitting out, putting in your own. In, in New York City, is competitive at all times. 100%. Immediately, as soon as you walk out the door, boom, you see it. Fit. You smell it. Fit. All the way. I'm talking about the styles. And, and New that. York, throwing it in your face. Something might face. stop on you, so be like, like, ah. It, especially within low life, every last one of my mans is top notch mm. with it. So they're my greatest competition. Mm. So we was always trying to outdo each other because nobody else could. Hang. So you getting ready to go outside, you pressing your shit, you like, yo, I'm finna kill him with this thing. I ain't even seen this yet. Listen, I'm getting ready to go on I'm getting ready to go on a robbery spree and I get dressed up. I in my clothes and everything. Put on the chain, every for a fucking robbery spree. Even when low lights went boosting, they got all dressed up to go boosting. That didn't make no sense to me, man. Another main reason everybody was so tight with it because the jokes. We come from the areas of ranking, like any little thing that's out of place, Joining your you ass. got 20 niggas attacking you Yo, about what it. the fuck are those? What you got on, oh, son? Yeah. Y'all say, yo, B, yeah, look at this yeah. nigga shit, B, O's. So that's why even me, you know, I was always the only Puerto Rican for a long time. So that's so, why you fighting. So not that's just you... fighting, the jokes is coming mm. at me like crazy. So, you know, as a battle rapper, if you look at my punchlines, mm. there's very few who are that extreme with them punchlines. Mm. It's because I'm used to defending myself with jokes mm. and anything you say, I could spit it right back to you and, you know, flip it on you to where now the joke's on you, mm. you know? So that actually contributed to me being a battle rapper mm. and all of that, you know? But the, f- the fifth, the five elements of music, of music? Five elements of music that you think are very essential and important. Um, that's a hard one, man. Because I've always been only hip-hop. I mean, that's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about okay. the foundation. Because really, they took that same foundation and put a corporation on top of it. Mm-hmm. And now the whole little thing is pumping out of what we think is juice. Open it up and look, and it's all synthetic. It's yeah, all watered yeah. down. It's all... It's all... It's all not what was actually put in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you take the corporation off it, boom, and you got all this original buried under there. Originality is number one to me. If you look at Thurston Howell as an artist, my style is original. Even when some people didn't get it. Like, when I started rapping, I started as a comedian rapper. Mm. You know, like, I made funny songs. Like, I still live with my moms, how many baby mothers, spit boxes, and a lot of, and I became a persona to where even a lot of my friends, they didn't get it because they seen me very differently than what I was portraying on music. Mm. But what I was doing musically was what came out natural. Because remember I said, I'm a fiend. So I studied this my entire life, nonstop, continuous. I'm I'm the guy who, when I go to bed and I go to sleep, I got a double tape cassette that plays back and forth the entire night. So subconsciously, I'm still absorbing it at all times. Mm. But originality is number one. Lyrics matter to me. I don't know what's going on now. It's, it's kind of out of control, but you know, to each his own. Right. Um, image, of course, 
is like the priority to the world, especially the corporations. If you don't have, have an image, you like, you're nobody. So most of these people today are basing their whole careers around their image rather than the substance of what they can do and all that. Mm. But um, I don't know, I've been pure hip hop, man. I, I've never even liked anything else for a very long time. Not until I hit my 30s did I even acknowledge salsa and studying it, you know, and not even knowing my own roots, Why not? you know. Ignorance? Because I'm from a black environment, you know what I mean? I'm from Brownsville. Nobody's playing salsa in their crib. No my mom's was Americanized, so she played everything, mm. you know, but she wasn't that much into music, not the way I was, mm. you know. So when I started doing actual bilingual albums, I started studying salsa music. When I studied salsa, I came to the realization, I didn't even know salsa was born in New York. Really? Yep. And to me, salsa was the first form of hip hop. It was born before hip hop, but it was born exactly the same way. It was a mixture of all these different cultures getting in the pot and making a sauce. Like That's jazz. what salsa is. Like jazz. Yep. Yeah. So I always looked at salsa differently after I did my research. And I always said, that was the first hip hop that was born in New York City. Because then hip hop came almost immediately after it. You said number three is image, what are the other two? Consistency is... Everything. Everything. And anything. Even when people didn't like my music or they didn't understand it at the time, I never hesitated to release annually. I never stopped. Mm. Even when the numbers were low on the project, I didn't hesitate to drop another one. Mm. That consistency put me right where I needed to be. Mm. I see Jay as the GOAT, right? Jay-Z. And I give him that, that credit and that title mostly because his consistency. He's skilled, but his skills were secondary to his consistency for putting him in the position he's in. Right. And, you know, I respect that. I've, I've studied everyone as well coming up, even as far as how to make myself that legendary artist with a legacy. I watched, you know, Eminem, coming up with Eminem and just seeing how we all stay consistent, even though I've never had a major deal. I've never been on a, a label with a machine behind me. Mm. Everything that I did, I did on my own. Mm. Like I said, I would make an album. I don't have a promotion budget. I'm not getting airplay. I'm not doing, I take the album, I throw it in the air and I wait for the wind to catch it mm. and see where it takes it. And believe it or not, it worked out. Word. Even if people didn't catch my first album like that then, once I dropped my 30th album, they went back to the first mm. album. Now they go back to the whole catalog. Then you hear it grow. Yep. Even when I do film productions, you know, do my own films, right? Skillusion Films, my brother Box Low. Um, I still do videos for songs from any album. It doesn't have to be the current album because that's what keeps my catalog alive. Because remember, I didn't have that promotion back then. So they're not aware of even some of these great classics right. I had 20 years ago. Right. So I bring it back. I just recently did like a Kung Fu music video. It's called Legend of the Low Palm, General Low. Mm. And I just dropped that recently. And a lot of people don't know. That song was 20-something years old. Wow. But to the world, it's brand new. 
Even when I release albums and all that, I've never ever put a timestamp on them. I've never, I never say a year in a song. I never put the year on an album. I let you decide when it came out, you know, when you pick it up and you listen to it. Because my music is timeless, my style is timeless. Mm. I evolve with the times, but I don't conform to them. Mm. I show you I, I could do what you do, but I'm sure you can't do what I could do. I'll emulate your motherfucking voice. Right. I'll do all that, you know? True growth, bro, true originality in this whole joint. Was it hard for you to sit back and watch people bite off the style, eat off your style? Was it hard to sit back and watch that? Did you, and did you address it? Never. You just sat back and looked at it like it's a compliment? Compliment, it I'm is. honored, and Facts. it helped me grow. Facts. Because the, anytime somebody bit my shit, they showed me Love how to it. take it to a next level. Facts. Nah, I looked at it like, I, right, I'm gonna do something you can't bite. Facts. Like I did my cooking show, Jail Recipes, right? So after I did my show, here come all these cooking shows with prison recipes and all that. So I revamp my shit. Mm. I make sure when I do it again, y'all motherfuckers will never be able to copy this or bite it or steal it. You know what I mean? So I changed it to the Chef Survival Kit show. Mm. And you cannot emulate what I'm going to do. Now it's a variety show. There's characters. There's this. Mm. And it's only me. If you watch my cooking show, it's only me. There's no one else on my show. Mm. I didn't need a cast. I didn't need a support. The only thing I had was a heckler. Like a heckler that would, right. would attack me throughout the show, but you know, it just added to it so gotcha. I could respond to him and things right. like that. Cause right. I'm a real sarcastic dude, mm. but to the point of I can't even talk to too many people and be myself because they couldn't handle it. You mm. know what I mean? They might be intimidated or sensitive. My, right. my wits is re retarded, you know? Right. Going back to low lights, man. Um, Tell me about the beginnings of low lifes. It was a, it was a, it was a situation where you guys were just boosting. And matter of fact, I gotta say this: one of the videos I remember seeing. I don't, I, I'm talking about early. I don't even know why I saw this, but it could have been the fucking news. It's over in less than thirty a seconds. New type of crime. Coordinated groups of thieves making off with thousands of dollars in merchandise. Low lifes. Brotherhood of thieves who risked it all and taught the world how to be fly. Because I had family in Harlem, I told you this. I had cousins that spoke of y'all like in a theory or a fairy tale mm -hmm. almost. Like, yeah, you got to see these niggas, you know what I'm saying? Then he, Mojo would always say he'd be on the train and it'd be a certain time and boom, you'll see <laughs> 15. And they had a whole rack, yo. Yeah, yeah. I just took the whole rack, bro. Like, yeah. like it was... It was a different type of boosting. You know, niggas used to boost tuck. You know, I'm, I'm from neighborhood. So, you know, shorty come back, go to the hairstyles or go to the candy lady. The candy lady got all the clothes. You go to the, the same shit, right? Mm -hmm. That's country shit. In New York, y'all went, y'all, it, it, just, it just came out like super ballsy and y'all didn't give no fucks. Y'all was taking the whole rat. Y'all didn't care about the shit was popping off. I wasn't even, I was amazed at that. I'm, I'm, I'm going here, so just, just, just follow me, Vic. Mm -hmm. Bro, how was y'all finding? So I gotta go ahead and give everybody the backstory on this. What y'all don't know is that at the time, Polo is struggling. Polo's stock is probably in the trash. Ralph Lauren, his vision, which ain't even his real name, don't even ask his real name, it's fucked up. <laughs> but at this time, they're trash. And 
what we the consumer don't know is that they are making goods and doing stuff like in a collection. And in his mind, he's seen certain parts of the collection to be some parts like diamonds and super rubies and all this shit. So he would take the bear, which was Polo's like prize, and he'd make the big bear. And then he would put it in like Westchester, okay? Then he would do the like nautical little sailboat on something over here. And he would put that deep over here in Jersey, in Newark somewhere. Bro, this ain't no Wi-Fi. This ain't no motherfucking Google. Ain't no search where you can go on and see all this. These cats was going all the way to far and wide, figuring it out how to fucking find the little bear, how to find the little boat. He got the disc on that one, the ski. Bro, y'all started boosting with uh, intelligence. Because then I hear the stories, y'all come back and here's a battle. And in the battle, you'll hear somebody, oh, I'm busy, be you on the microphone. And while he doing that, it's two niggas standing up like a damn near like a raincoat. And he pull it off and niggas go, ooh, he got the bear on, son. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm microphone. And it's a, it's a rap battle going on. But as they rapping and battling, it's a fashion battle going on. But one of my ideas in all of this is to bring you all that back. But I'm so inspired by the story. Talk about the early fashion battles and the battling of the molding of the battling as we know it today. I mean, like I said, it wasn't even looked at as a battle. You just, it was competitive no matter where you turn. So you just got fly. So you got a bunch of ill niggas standing around thinking they it. But the, the reason you would see dudes laid, laid up or like you said, showing up with the whole racks and all that because in low life, when you had dudes hitting the store and there's 20, 30 boosters, everybody trying to city slick, which is, you know, the casual boosting, hidden stuff. Right, stuff. You, 20 dudes can't go in the store and do that because now all the security is already aware. So dudes used to try to race each other to the store to grab it first because I'm taking the whole rack of this one thing or he's taking a, so I'm a, I got to get it before you get it because I know you in a rush. So everybody on the team was thirsty like that. Like even down to the point of when dudes was in the club snatching a chain, you got 30 guys trying to snatch this little chain off of one person, yo. But you had to race him before he got it. So and then half of the time after somebody snatched it first, now y'all fighting over it. You know what I mean? So the hunger that everybody had, then this is the Brooklyn way of things. When they say Brooklyn keeps on taking it, this is just the Brooklyn way of life where this is widespread in Brooklyn. Almost all the dudes from every project saw of this man. Some guerrilla warfare yep. shit. Like this is how you had to be to be outside. Exactly. So now with the with the low life thing now, everybody wasn't a booster in low lifes when low life was born. Low life's consisted of Everything, mm. everything you could imagine. So now, including myself, I'm not the everyday booster guy. I'm a take money guy. So I could take it in different ways. I don't have to hit the stores all the time. Dudes are hit the stores. So you had a lot of little kids as well that were like born in this in low life. And that's all they knew. So they did it every day like a job. Mm. You know, they had like schedules, oh, we meeting up at the train at this time, uh, at Utica Avenue, or we meeting up on, on Fifth Avenue, 
You know, because even the polo was not sold in no stores in the hood at this point. Nope. They all you had to Macy's, venture out. You got to yep. go up in Manhattan. You got to go across the bridge to Jersey. You got to go up in Westchester, mm-hmm. deep-ass Brooklyn, shit like this. So we, Low Life was bringing it back to the hood, selling everything half price and all that. Like, if you've seen our pictures and you see, like, 20 of us with the same shirt, that's because we took the whole racks. So everybody said, yo, just put the shirts on. Yo, it was a time we went to Empire Skating Rink, right? We would go to Empire Skating Rink every week, right? How every, deep, Vic? Deep. And I mean, we'll, we'll show up. I could go by myself. When I get there, there's 50 people waiting for me, 50 more show up and shit like that. Mm. So on Sundays in Empire, it was like the teenage crowd. So it was usually over by 6 p.m. So a lot of times when we would leave Empire, we would walk to the train and the whole skating rink would follow us because oh. they knew what we were going to do and they would just add on and be part of the whole convoy of it, right? So it's a mob of people just following you. The whole club would follow us. So after we, you know, we got hip to this after a certain amount of time. So we like, it opened up at two, but ended at six. So after, you know, these people were making it hot for us because they following us at 6 p.m. So we like, yo, let's hit the stores first today. Let's go in the morning instead of going after. Mm. So I remember we went to Sac Fifth Avenue. We rushed it. We took every motherfucking polo robe they had. Every, every robe. Like, all you seen was hangers on the floor and shit like that. And we went to the skating rink early in the day. Everybody had on a bathrobe. Coming in the skating rink in the middle of the day wearing bathrobes and that's, that's one of those moments that really solidified our legacy in Brooklyn where, yo, these dudes came in with bathrobe. And when we got there, whatever one of our peoples that didn't get to come with us, but they already in the spot when we got, we had robes for them because we still got bags full. So we handing out robes to other dudes to put on from our team. And we just walked around. And, and yo, I went to the skating rink every week and I ain't never skate. You know what I mean? Skate ring used to be where you battled, though, where you went to go meet up with girls. Castle do business in there. Ah, it was a great place. Yeah, in New York. Niggas was skating. Oh, but right. I went oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Girls. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. down south. When you went to skate, you went to battle. Mm-hmm. Everybody's turbo ozone going yeah. on. Uh, or you saw the hot chicks and what and what people were wearing. You know, I ain't go to skate ring and skate either. I went to go see these cute girls and dude said he wanted to battle, so I'm from the, I'm from the, you know what I mean? What? Man, what? Oh, oh, so what? Getting busy man, I used to pop, man. I used to pop, lock. I used yeah, to, I used to break sad. dance. I told you I was raised with sisters, man. And my sisters and my mom were just, um, it was assertive. You know, I was more shy and kind of stand back. But my, man, my, my mom used to always push us to be creative and we were dancers and it kept us out of all kind of nonsense and shit. And yeah, just anything that interests us, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that whole whole story and stuff. Um, Vic, talk about when you found out that Polo knew about lowlifes and looked at it, because I knew it wasn't a positive view when it first popped off, but then Polo couldn't understand how Polo was hot in the hood and hot in these videos and how you got Nas through his first joining in Matic and mm-hmm. I'm watching Grand Poobah, I'm watching I'm watching Cool G rap. I'm watching Bust. I'm watching. I'm watching half the guys in the woo. This is what, to me, y'all movement and what y'all did for Polo actually birthed Tommy Hilfiger. Come back, because I'm watching Tommy Hilfiger study. He don't understand it. 
Now all of a sudden I'm seeing niggas start getting flown out to fucking the Hamptons. I'm seeing Tyson Bedford get signed over to see. I'm, I'm watching him. I'm watching him program and trying to download the culture what he on. And then all of a sudden, he started using Vince Bleak, started using Rockefeller, started using Dame Dash, and now it's, it's now we, right? Mm-hmm. I, the I, science of how the fashion is born is right in your face or right in our face. He, he it's, it's, it's in our faces because we invented, right? Man. A lot of the fashions, especially in New York and hip, a lot of that shit came from prison. Straight up. The sagging, your pants, the no shoelaces. A Niggas lot of styles came from prison. means and all that shit. It's got but a whole other Not the way they that. sag now, because I don't, I don't know what to call it's, that, man. But, you know, just letting your pants rock a certain way, the way you walk with it. The, you know, it's a lot to it, but... I believe Tommy worked for Ralph at first, you know, like mm. that was his initial job and, and he ventured off on his own and he probably saw whatever the Ralph company wasn't doing and maybe added it into his fold of things. Definitely. You know? but saw he the did. whole makeup and the print of that. Feel mm-hmm. me? He didn't hide it either. And, and we embraced it. You know right. what I mean? Signed to Leah, signed Tyson Bedford, made it cool. Made Even it- low life, there was a point where the Ralph wasn't hot in New York. And we was all wearing Tommy and attacking the Tommy. Mm. And like I said, I got those photos as well to say, to show that we had the Tommy hot in the late 90s. The same width, same style of fashion, head to toe, B-boy style of fashion Mm. in Tommy. Donna Karen took over in New York City in 95. Same thing. I did everything Donna Karen head to toe. I still have bins of 95 Donna Karen to this day. Full bins of all of them pieces. Vintage. Vintage. I'm just waiting, you know. You know what's big right now? Thrift shops are huge right now, big. I've always touched the thrift shops, man. They always got stuff in there. My girl, she loves shopping at uh, thrift shop. She finds $300 (sighs) polo scarves for 25 cents. Thrifts are the wave, yo. Straight up. I hate to even say that, but thrifts are the wave. You can go in there. If you got an imagination, you can go in there and put a dope-ass fit together and get some great pieces. I could put anything together, man. I've done the jail uniform with polo patches on it and all that. You know what I mean? In the same form and fashion. And dudes used to be like, yo, that's polo? Like, damn, my nigga, you stupid as hell. How you don't know? This this is jail suit. You got the same one on. But you know, I would I make it believable because I'm my patch is positioned properly. It's it's pressed properly. Everything about it was you would think that, you know, I got it from the store, thing like that. Well back to Ralph, like I could give Ralph a lot of credit, man, because as long as I've been doing hip hop, as long as I've been an entertainer and things like that. Very few people came in to assist me or co-sign me or back me. And, you know, Ralph was one of the few who did. Mm. And, you know, him just co-signing me and showing the acknowledgement, mm. you know, it, it made the rest of the world look at me differently now. Wow. Like, I, whatever I did, it wasn't done in vain. Wow. You know, I was even at the point where people were like, why you wearing all this polo? They don't know who you are. They don't care about you. They, you'll never, you ain't never going to... Rock with them and yo, I, I could look people in their face now where they can't look at me. Mm. Can't look at me. I did the impossible. Word. You know what I mean? I got acknowledged by, you know, a corporation from a whole nother standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, who does that? Like, you know. I love it. But yeah, I love it, man. I can't I wouldn't change anything either. Bro, I got a um someone sent me a uh, a picture. 
they're in uh, London. And they're walking by what seems to be a shop, a seam shop, whatever. It's got all types of different posters in the, in the, in the window. Right there on the bottom, can't even show, I mean, the cameras can't see this, but I don't even know what you call that, but just like a little standoff, right? Of you, Polo Doubt, in the middle of this store in London. I seen that. It's a vape store. I'm like, what does the clothing have to do with the vape? You're a traveling man, bro. But I, I believe- gonna travel, bro. I really believe that. And not only that, you're in Japan. You're in Beijing, you're in Shanghai. When you hear that you've traveled like this, go down the canal, just, you know, this way, this way, this way, everything that's hot being bit down here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, talk about, do, do you, do you, do you feel it? Do you, do you, do you, do you, um, you put a ton of work in for where you at, creatively, to the culture. You've been like, uh, Church, what's the name of the, uh, the famous, um, agent I like to always talk about? Lou Wasserman. You like the Lou Wasserman other shit. Wow. Lou Wasserman was the first cat to organize, and he was organized talent uh, and, and represent that talent. He was a part when uh, TV was transitioning. Well, remember when shows, you went to the cock club, watched the show on stage with your date, mm -hmm. and da da da? He took those shows and transferred them to TV, and he represented all that talent. And then he actually shaped on how actually the whole business was so much that when he stepped out of it, WME, CAA, fucking like every agency created actually copied the Lou Wasserman. You're like that. You're the carbon copy of, of, of how to do it, how to sell it. And no one wants to give you that, that, that affirmation. You know what I'm saying? But I believe that. I believe it too. And the streets know it and believe it. And not only that, but the rappers. When you, I just heard you went to BET weekend. What was that like for you? Because uh, I heard you got a lot of love, a lot of, lot of love. Not, not a lot of love, a ton of love. I mean, I, in one of my posts I put recently, like, the people who love the culture, they learn to love each other. Facts. And that's all I see out here. Mm. No matter where I went, no matter who I was introduced to, everyone knew who I was and because of the culture. Mm. And, you know... Shout out my brother Dana Dane. You know, I went to the MC Lights party the other night with him. And it just amazes me how people, like you said, are appreciative of what I've been doing. And just to see that everyone is aware, you know, and like, I'm not somebody who absorbs this. I'm not out there trying to live a life as, as, as a celebrity. And I take care of my family and all I do is work. I'm not watching nobody else's work. I'm not doing, I'm creating at all times. I'm not even being influenced by other people. Mm. There's nobody in my ear, there's none of that. All I do is create constantly. I got the next five albums ready to go, like that. You know, so anything I do, I'm doing 10 steps ahead of whatever. So I don't get time to indulge in mm. what it is or what it ain't. Mm. I just know what I want it to be. And I want it to be forever, legacy, solidify, but at the same time, the finances all, it makes sense where it matches my work ethic. Gotcha. I've never seen a work ethic like my own. I don't know. You never seen me in the gym, big. Well, see, you never I, seen I, me. You just never <laughs> seen me in the editing room. Yeah, that's, you know that's what, what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't yeah. turn off either. As you sitting here say this, I'm like, damn, this nigga sound like me, yo. Yeah, like, that's yo. what's up. But I do believe that when you when you are a creator and you're an originator, it flows like that. I don't, it ain't no off switch. Mm -hmm. You can slow it down, you can chill it out, but nah, I I don't, and I don't want to be off. I'm being honest. I haven't honest. even been able to slow it down. 
And I've been trying to figure out how. Like I balance out my family life with it, but the only way I do that, I bring my family in to do everything with me. As you should. That's how I balance it. As you you know, my daughter's the makeup artist on all the productions. Nice. My sons work everything. The cameras with me, they do the behind the scenes. My other son, Jesus, he's, he's active. My girl helps the coordination, the food. We do everything in the production and I keep my family close while I'm doing it. You got a production company? Skillusion Films. Skillusion Films. I seen the uh, Sports Illustrated shit. Thought Skillustrated. Thought Skillustrated. That's my new album. Just dropped it like last month. Um, all my albums have a skill title, right? Facts. Everything I believe in is skill based, especially in hip hop. Mm. For me, it's skills first. Mm. So I, I always do everything with skill. It could be fighting, fucking. You name it, cooking, sweeping the motherfucking floor. Like Gosh, I said, I go back to, I'm gonna do it with passion, mm. no matter what it is. If not, I'm not gonna do it at all. Right. I'm not gonna involve myself. So I really believe in being skilled and your skills have to be defined with your practice, your, your research. Like you're just not gonna be skilled. Some people are born with it. Some people are trained for it. Few are both, mm. I'm both. Mm. Born with it, and I train constantly. But I train everything. I train my mind. I train my body daily. This is like this is my routines daily. I'm not indulging on what the world is telling me to do. I'm not trapped in social media. Yeah, I have to be on there to promote and push what I'm doing. But I'm not even. Well, I'm not watching nobody. Right. I'm not looking at what you're doing. Right. I, I don't care. I try to do me quick, and I get off. Right. So I'm not locked into it, you right, know what I mean? Because right. that's the whole purpose is mm. to keep your attention as long as they can. And no, I want to get your attention. So you're either the consumer or you're the reseller. Right, you facts, know what I mean? facts. What's next for you, man? What do you want to, I know, um, I know I've, I heard, I heard uh, whispers of the low life documentary. Um, are, you still, are you still talking about doing that? What's next for you? Everything. I mean, I know you said you got the cooking show. You got a couple things popping. I mean, whatever comes, man, however it comes. But me, you know, my my stuff I do on my own. Yeah, new season of the Chef Survival Kit show about to go on production. I'm scripted already. Um, like I said, I got the next five albums. I'm gonna have to drop an album every six months right now, mm. just just to keep up, so the content doesn't just be in my vault. Cause I'm gonna keep creating. That's what's up. You know what I mean? Um, as well as everything else, man, the fashion. You know, the acting, be doing a couple of acting gigs and constantly writing mm. and just staying consistent, man. And no matter, I just stay on the path because so many other paths open up while I stay on my path. Word. And I can't even tell you what's going to open up since I've been here. Word. Like the path I've been walking, so many opportunities mm. have already presented themselves. If it's something that you can, of you right now, could, could throw out or say that, you want to promote or is just something that you want to tackle next? What would you say it is? I was going to ask you too, man. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you answer that. I mean, it's more the films, man. All oh, films? Content? Yeah, the content. Um, even as an as a artist and a, and a rapper and somebody who makes songs, your songs don't matter without visuals, man. Mm, so that's what really put me in my position, the visuals and the consistency. I probably drop a video every month. A music video every three months like you know but I want to go more into the scripted series I want to really get fully engulfed in the creativity I'm heavy in theatrical makeup and turning into different characters that's where I want to go 
no one has done another Dave Chappelle style song yet. Mm. You know what I mean? As far as show, I mean. Dave Chappelle outdid whatever the Waynes did with In Living Color, mm. but no one has came to break that one yet. Wow. And he, you know, he's a genius with it, yeah. but yo, it could be done. Yeah. Another variety show, another comedy, and you know. I don't look funny, man, but I'm, I'm funny as a motherfucker. I could write it funny, like, I'm not gonna laugh at you, uh, but I, I, I look at my comedy like Leslie Nielsen. You know, I'm yeah. that kind of comedian. Okay. It's like, okay. you know, I'm serious, but you're gonna, you gotta laugh. I could keep a straight face, but you're gonna laugh your motherfucking ass off. No, no fashion, no merch line, no, no, no. All of that. All of, there's a low life brand out right now. You know, situation I did. I mean, that's that's continuously moving, but I'm always open to do whatever comes along the path. That Where can I find sense. that? Oh, it's online. Lowlife.com. Okay, lowlife.com. Yeah. You heard it. Give me your top five uh, MC list, man. Dead or alive, I don't even care. Let me hear it. Top five MCs. There's no top five in my in my opinion. Facts. So five most respected. Okay. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's I can there's like five who are a blueprint. Like I I, I know of the blueprint, right? Facts. Kaz is number one on the blueprint list. Grandmaster Kaz, mm. because he was the one that brought the style that everybody like adapted to. You know what I mean? Kaz became and and it's crazy because now he's getting his light after all this time, okay, that's what's which up. is well deserved. You know, that's he has a up. show on Sirius and things like that. But Grandmaster Kaz is the original blueprint to this. Mm. After that, you know, I'm 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 super lyricist. You know, so I was always into the extreme lyricism, extreme vocabulary, mm. and all of that. So Kumo D became that dude for me back then, you know, like after Kaz. You had the Kumo Ds, like, he, to me, he invented the speed rapping. I don't know what every, anybody else got to say out there, but, but he was the first one, like, innovator, devastator, be creative, rama red. So he invented the speed rapping, so I credit him. And then, of course, after them two came you know, the blueprints of the LLs, the Big Daddy Kanes, the, the Rock Kims, and, and, but for me also is Jimmy Spicer. I'm not sure if you know who Jimmy Spicer yeah, is, Jimmy but Spicer. he's a pioneer. Super he, pioneer. Super rhymes, right? Super duper rhymes. My whole style was Thurston, because I'm a persona on my music. I turn into a character, I use nice. voices. Nice. I, I got that from Jimmy Spicer. I got that from Jimmy Spicer, Dana Dane, and the rapping Duke. You know what I mean? Cause ha, Jimmy, duh, yep, Jimmy yep. Spicer rapped like Count Dracula, yeah. and like this, like eighty and eighty one, and his verse was in Count Dracula's voice and accent. You know what I mean? So I always saw that, like I was always into the extreme creativity. So when I became an artist and I took it on the rap, that's what came out of me naturally. Mm. I wasn't trying to act different. It just came out where I started flipping my voices and being a character, but I gotta credit Jimmy Spicer to the fullest of that, and Dana Dane, my brother Dana Dane. Oh, Dana Dane, ooh, them classics, y'all don't even know, go look all them up, all them are pillars. All them that he just named or even before people even know where hip hop is are gonna be. All these people helped shape some of the people that we know or that we love, and they took their style and you know, threw a, threw a left mm -hmm. or right there to make it their own or something, but. And Jay's the GOAT, man, yeah. I gotta give it to him too. And I had the honor and pleasure to battle everybody, so mm. it's a beautiful thing. Battle whole too? Stepped the whole business many times, and mm. he always like pushed me, nah, you ain't ready. 
And you know, I worked at MTV for many years, man. Mm. So I had access to everybody coming through. And I used Word. to trap some of these dudes off in elevators Word. and all that. Word. I battled Coolio in the elevator. Coolio. Coolio, rest in peace, man. Facts. After that day, I respected him so much. Right. Like I said, Buster, I battled Buster outside the tunnel mm. at a red light from mm. window to window mm. like this. Like I'm at the red light and Buster out of nowhere pulls up right beside me. He's in the passenger seat with somebody else driving. So I'm like, yo, Buster, you want to battle? That nigga said, what? You want to battle? What up? I said, pull over. He said, no, and started rhyming. So I'm, I'm spitting back, yo, it's to the point we holding up traffic. There's cars backed up, beeping. It's New York shit, yo. Then we pulled over and we went at it for like an hour and a half. And next thing you know, he was taking me to all the labels, trying to help me get a deal. I didn't even have a demo yet. Mm. You know, and this is 30-something albums later. So this know? went back in the day when you had to get bars off and everybody wanted to see where their boss was. Yep. It's similar to just going around playing at West 4th, 55th, Basketball mm -hmm. City over here in Bre uh, um, uh, Never Ran, Never Will. When you, man, they had, I was to go over there with Gordon Haywood play, uh, man. When you wanted to see where you was, dog, you yeah. had to go And that's around. why my name is Thurston. Like, you asked how you get your name. Now, when I first started rapping, my, you know, I was using my lowlife name, Big Vic the Barbarian. So now, every time I go out, I can't see a cypher. New York City, you could walk anywhere and see niggas on the corner rapping facts, anywhere in New York facts, City. Facts. So I got to the point where I'm driving around looking for these cyphers. Burrow to burrow. Mad dudes is calling me, yo, there's a dude in my project tonight. What up? Line it up. I'm coming through. I'm going anywhere to battle. Mm. So I used to go to the Tunnel Club as well every tunnel, week. Tunnel, very famous Yo, club. One, one way in, one way out. You didn't really go to the Tunnel if you wanted, you feel me? Or you had you to be thorough. And you don't had to wear that somebody. chain. Yeah, you can't wear your chain out. Matter of fact, you can. If you got your chain out in the Tunnel, you that dude. Real shit. Even the niggas in here who trying to get niggas like that, Ain't even got no chains mm -hmm. on. And everybody here got a strap. There's a knife in here. It's straight up. Tunnel, well, they came with 50 dudes. Tun tunnel was an experience. Yeah. But um, I, was, I would go to the tunnel, and when I became a rapper, I stopped going inside. I would pull up with my truck, sit outside. outside, leave the back open with the system, and wait for dudes to show up and just step to, if you famous, I'm stepping to you even quicker. And I'm forcing you to battle. Or if you a nigga with some momentum or you, you know, you hearing this name. Yeah, nah, some dudes, is, yeah, they yeah. Got, and somebody you never heard of was standing there and getting yeah, busy. Word, this word. is the culture of New York City. Mm. Our playgrounds are different. Mm. This is part of our playground. The, like I said, the subway system is our playground. Like when low lives hit it and we on robbery sprees, we start from the last car and rob everybody all the way to the first car. You know what I mean? There's that many dudes, man. Like, this is New York City life, man. I'm, like I said, I'm so fortunate to be trained there because mm. you're willing to go rob, I'm willing to rob a bank with a butter knife, being, you know, with that kind of heart from New wow. York, man. Wow, that's crazy. And then you start all shaped as you see it today. What's your, What's your assessment of today's, of today's rap? Because you know it's got to evolve when you sit back and you look at the creativeness of, I guess, the young people. What's your take on rap today? Um, you know, I got kids of, of that age to where they're able to help translate it for me. Mm -hmm. And when I see 
Like, I remember my son telling me there was levels to mumble rap. <laughs> I was like, there's levels to mumble rap? What kind of... I was like, I learned to respect Facts. the youth. I respect however they decide to uh, show it. You know, this is their time. Facts. Because we were looked at the same way. You know, the, the older generation before us couldn't understand what we were doing or how we were flipping the music, taking the samples. To them, it was disrespectful. Mm. So, and like I said, my children helped bring so many things to my attention that I would refuse to look at on my own. So I, from them, I can understand it and see what it's supposed to be. But I'm not gonna knock none of them kids for trying or doing something, because anything in creativity, as long as you're involving yourself, you're going to turn into something else or evolve into something else, or it's gonna lead you to a path regardless. So, yeah, do what you're doing, man. But I'm not into a lot of the things, mm. but that don't mean that it's right or wrong or it's good or bad. You know what I mean? It's just the times. Respect what it is. We don't have time to criticize everything or to have control over it. Or to judge you it. You gotta let it evolve, man. Facts. Evolution then is like, it's inevitable, man. Either evolve or dissolve. That's what I say. That's one of my models, mm, man. That's wild. That's real. Um, is it possible to see at uh, Art Basel one day, not in the, even in Wynwood, but a low life art display? Could we ever I've get that? I've been doing the Art Basel events for since like. I'm since talking about it a low began. life event though, like a low life high event. feature. Go down here, two day joint where we're just gonna take this whole low joint, and this is a whole low life. This is the whole low life through that. Now my grandmother, like I said, we had a home there since 1974. Now I always I'm, I'm a dude who I like to create. So even if even fixing and repairing and construct. Yeah. I fixed my grandmother's entire house just, mm. just for fun, you know, just to get my creativity off. When I seen the Wynwood area be, becoming gentrified and turning into the art district, I turned my grandmother's house into a venue. And we did events every Art Basel, maybe the biggest hip hop cultural mm. events. Right? We called it the Love and Loyalty Weekend. So we had an art display. This is every year in the backyard. A lot of canvases, low life canvases from everywhere. You know, free food, free drinks, free water, free admission, mm. all in my grandma. And more than anything, because my grandmother loved the crowds. So she's a party person. And as she was getting older, all her friends were dying off and things oh, wow. like that. But she's trying to keep it going. So I basically started that more for her because she wanted to cook her famous Chinese rice for the people and all that. So we had a live salsa band on a Saturday night networking party because also being from New York and that low life crowd coming, they weren't exposed to salsa just as much as I wasn't. So for them to come to someplace and see a live salsa band all night, it was like you're getting something different, you know, you're being introduced to a whole nother world, and this is Miami. Well, you know salsa, what I mean? it's like life, and, and all, the, all the Latin culture that's down there, and the different mm -hmm. versions of music, and yeah, whew. The, the, the Latin culture in Miami dominates the air. 
As it should, though. You smell it, you see it, you feel, you feel it, feel it. The yeah. vibrations, you, you're talking to someone, the but, boats, the water, the mm-hmm. girls, the just everything. Don't say the girls, man. No, the women, the lights. No, no, no. You need to know what you're getting into when you go to Miami, straight too up much. and down. The nah. women do not go to Miami <laughs> if you're in a relationship, because your relationship is over. The temptations are on both ends. Either you're going to violate or your girl is going to violate. It's really because in Miami, it's like it's so hot. The fashion is not so much a factor. It's too hot. So your body is your wardrobe and your car. Mm. So those two things are what you use as your fly. You know, you can have some uh, tank top and some shorts with some fly kicks. But as long as your body is intact, you well dressed. And even um, working out is a big culture. Yeah, it is. Everybody trains. Yeah. Everybody keeps them, you know, it's a superficial city. Love it. Like I see here as well. Like, you know, it's a lot of superficial people where the image is of the most important. So they're doing whatever they have to do to look the part. Miami has some sprinkles or some, some, some certain corners or blocks that you can hit and you'll feel like L.A., Oh, if, and vice exactly. versa. Yep, yep. And vice I felt versa. that here since I've, I've been I've, here. Yeah, I've been to a day party in L.A. and it felt like we were in Miami. It mm-hmm. felt, you know, you, you would see them two mirroring each other? Of course, of course. I don't know if L.A.'s, I don't know if L.A.'s fashion, uh, I don't know if L.A.'s, I don't know if L.A.'s art district is ahead of Miami's art district. Miami's art district is a must-see. If you never, if you never been to Art Basel, you mm. never been to Wynwood. That's that's one of them places you go with your camera. You, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You 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 turn it on and you get some great content. I don't know if my I don't know if I don't know if LA's that. We got some yeah. dope ass murals here. They got some dope Kobe murals. They got some dope ass um, murals that when you go through uh, downtown some areas, I'm not I'm not I'm going blank, but. It ain't like Wynwood. When mm-hmm. I go through Wynwood, my, I'm head on swivel. I'm, I'm breaking my neck. And then this new stuff always popping up, always. new features. You know what yep. I'm saying? Even stuff on that, my grandmother's house, we made the entire house a canvas. It's still there? Nah, it's gone. They oh, knocked it down. Man. But um, I had my grandparents' mural on the front of the house. Oh, that's fire. And I would tell you at least 200 photos a day were taken oh, wow. by the tourists. You know, the buses. With going by and all that at least. So I know my grandparents' pictures all over the world. And like I said, uh, in that timeline in the graffiti museum, they actually have, when they mention my name, they have the picture of my grandparents' house with their mural. So they're actually in the museum right now. That's what's up, man. Feel good, because I feel like I did good by them. I was talking about the five elements of hip hop. Yeah, I mean, so no brainer, the five elements of hip hop, the graffiti, the break dancing, mm. the DJing, and the rapper, and then the fashion. Like I said, fashion was first. I don't care what nobody said. Uniform. You wanted to get fly first before you knew how to do anything. But KRS has a book out, um, you know, the Bible of hip hop or whatever, and um, he actually says there's nine elements to it, you know? Yeah, What's he, the other four that he mentioned? I, I know he included stuff like knowledge of self, and Fox, you know I'm not too familiar with the other elements, but you know who would know better than KRS? Fox, you think you felt like he puts teachings into some of, you know, one of the things I respect about uh, too, and then we, we, I let this be, but um, at one point, man, rap was teaching me. Rap was educational. Rap was, yeah. rap was yeah. going over my head, and it made me go actually. I ain't gonna say study, but. Me and the guys get together. We, you know, I hear my, I remember hear my man saying the verse here, break it down. 
and it really started pushing the onus of education to push that lyricist or that or that that dictionary of wording and mm -hmm. all that you got to have to be one of those that was Kumo D's and those yeah, rock yeah. hips to be able to flow like that. You had that. to have intellect. You had to have like intellect. Like the Melly Mel's, Facts. like I was mentioning earlier. Melly Mel's is one of those of the blueprint. Started that. Yep. And, and yo, I hear Melly Mel's songs now, like I'll hear Beat Street right now, right? Mm. I did not understand some of those lyrics until I reached 40. Mm. And we talking the early, early 80s. So look at the mentality, look at the intellect of this man at that time. He was already rapping about computers taking over the world in early 80s. I've always wondered what was the influence of those guys. It was the news, it was the, the stuff that was coming out. It was, bro, they was like reporters. I swear yeah. to God, I swear. Yeah. 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 MCs yeah. used to be like reporters of, huh? of information that we didn't get on top level. However it got, boom, this is how the hood mm -hmm. spread it through. But then you didn't even know you was reciting something. Just like you said, man, I was educated by a lot of stuff. I dropped out of school in junior high. Mm. You know, I didn't get my education until prison. I got my GED, took a couple of trades and things like that. But KRS in the beginning was my biggest and mm. favorite rapper for a long time. And all he did was teach within. So I believe I learned a lot of vocabulary from his music. I learned a, a lot of history. There were so many things I learned just by listening to this music because I was refusing to go to school, Word. you know? So just like the X-Clan, Brother Jay, I'm oh, like yeah, big fans, but there was so Man, much Puba. I learned from yeah. absorbing what they were saying, man. Word. Me too, same thing, Puba, all this yep. educated, all this education of, of hip hop. I'm noticing too that, or did I hear this? Uh, they are building a, uh, a, a hip hop museum. Oh, the museum. I actually think hip hop should be taken out of the genre of um, of the rock and roll. I think it needs its own. I think I think it's, it needs its own classification. And, and I think within hip hop has so many different yeah. layers that you put under mm -hmm. it. That's you agree with that? I, I think agree. that when they build this museum, that we should have a hip hop awards, and they should be constructed in there. It shouldn't be no country in there. It shouldn't be any other categories in there. It should be celebrated on its own. Well, at the same time, you got to remember that hip-hop is a blend of everything. Yeah. It's, so it's like they yeah, have country yeah. samples yeah, they in got hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. Classical music. So leave us in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too, because, yeah, we want to be in your space as well as have our own. I like, I'm cool with that part. But, yeah, we got to have our own. That way we could be pushing what it is for us and awarding our people exactly for their categories and things like that. I visited the sample of the museum they have across the street from the one that's being built. Mm. And it's just giving you an idea of what's coming, man. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be a big situation, man. My, I, hope, I plan to be there for the opener too. So, so to the powers that be, and I'm speaking corporate here, please do me a favor and go do your homework. And it's not just the commercial the commercial groups that you would know, the Houdinis, and I don't, as a matter of fact, I can't even name a specific, because all of those guys helped build what we know is hip hop. But like you said, going back to, back to Clash and, 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 and Houdini and, and, and people that are not on the top layers of, of the building foundation of hip hop. You gotta go back and get mm -hmm. those guys. You gotta go back because those styles, those, those early rhymes, those yeah. early influences, it's like a wave. 
and the skill set. Man, everything. Because you're being judged <laughs> off those people that's starting it. Mm-hmm. And then it's getting perfected. And I'm saying perfected in, in respects to how people are delivering it. But you got to go back and get those waves of people and bring that back into, the, into that museum. If not, you are doing a disservice to that area. You know what I'm saying? That's oh, where nah, that, 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 that museum that creation. consists of all of that. It's going to have to. And it's, it's got to speak to it. And those original sample, founders need to be there. New Yorkers sample, can tell that. That sample of the museum they have already shows you where is it going. But and it's exactly that. It's got to come from y'all, though. It can't mm-hmm. come from corporate. It can't come from somebody's... You know, what you're speaking on is, what, a fourth, fifth uh, generation? Somebody mm-hmm. that was... Damn, this 70 needs to be back there like, nah, yeah. you need to take this down. You need to put such and such, da, da, da. Oh, no, that's wrong. That's the... I believe they have a board for that. That consists of those people. I got to see that. I got to yeah, see yeah. that. I want to well, see if that's even real. Yeah, I want to see well, if that's even real. Well, hopefully they're going to get it right, man. And from what I've seen so far, it looks right. They're doing it right, man. Well, if you say it's right, Vic, I'm going to go ahead and stand. Yeah, yeah. They look, cause, yo, I'm, I'm a hip-hop historian, facts, man, my whole facts. life. This is not... Hip-hop for me is not... It's like this, it's, it's religion, it's, it's beyond culture. I feel life. like most culture evolves to religion and then to government, you know what I mean? So at some point we should have a hip hop government if we go into that extent, mm. you know what I mean? But I live this like a religion, so everything, if I'm gonna be judgmental on it, it's gonna go according to skills first, like Facts. I always say. Facts. Everything is about skills for me with hip hop. I like the skilled DJs, not the ones who could play good songs to make everybody dance. I don't care about that. I don't dance. I go in the club, I'm gonna hold up the wall all day, get every girl I want, and never do one step. You know what I mean? So I wanna see skills. I wanna see him cutting, scratching, spinning around, and all that. Blending, bringing it to together, yep. all that. Meanwhile, yep. I'm matter. dancing. I'm with Shorty. And- <laughs> 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 yeah, no, yo, the right. only dance, dance I did right. is break dance, man. I got I all can't. the goonies behind me. They, they on the wall with shoes, hollering. I'm yo. out here dancing about three, four girls doing the eye caramba. I'm spinning around. Yo, yo. I don't know what's I going changed, on. though. I changed when I started going to Europe and I started yeah, you hitting gotta the clubs. Dance. You got to nah, dance. listen, I can't dance. But when I went to Europe... Motherfuckers can't dance. I felt like the man out there, yo. I'm doing moves I never in a million years would have done nowhere. True story. I can actually dance, right? I go to Japan on some shoe shit, on some on some promotion for the league shit. End up getting in some battles at like five in the morning <laughs> with some little Japanese nigga. Low. Yo, we battle for like two hours, Vic. No bullshit. On, on some popping? On some popping wow. shit. One of my greatest <laughs> nights ever, bro. <laughs> dog, dog. I was Turbo K. Wow. <laughs> right. At White Horse Road. Skate ring. Y'all know me down there. Ass, ass in Greenville. Ass bug. They, yeah, they know us. They know us. Right. Them basketball boys. Yeah. Well, like you were saying, right, with this, it, the skill set of things, right? Even... You know, I do a lot of events in Miami and Orlando and all that, and the, the artists I usually incorporate are not, I don't focus on who's the most popular. I mm. focus on who got the most skills mm. from any era. Because the dudes, even from the beginning, they skill set, when they ultimately skill like that, it doesn't decrease at all. No, no matter how no, old they get, it no. probably, you know, it improves even with time. So. Even right now, I had Supernatural at, at an event, and mm. he got on stage. You know who MC Supernatural yeah, is? Yeah. MC Supernatural. Supernatural got on stage. He turned into Biggie. He turned into wow. Buster. He turned into um, reggae artists. Like he, he even turned into me. You know what I mean? Doing his performances, he could emulate anybody. He was but just going. 
I know Orlando never seen nothing like that in their lives. Wow. So to the impressions that we're leaving by the, the artists we're actually bringing, man, it's timeless. These are the timeless artists. I call them the lifers, mm. the ones that are going to be living this, whether they on or not, whether they getting a check or not. Exactly. This is just their life. The same for me. I never I never came in here to make money. I came in here for respect. Mm. I came to battle for respect. I made songs and music for respect. Thank you for being on my fucking uh, KG certified, mate. Thank you for coming nah, on here, man. Thank you for having me, Anytime you, you want to come back over oh, here with anything. Oh, don't say that. I, you already know. He hey, told me something me. earlier, and I nah, said, don't say it. that, Let's right? get it. Let's get it. You I'll be here know. every day. Y'all heard it. I'll be shooting a video a day up Y'all here. heard it. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Yeah, man. But yo, it's an honor rocking with you, man, and, you know, the ventures we have going on together Duh. right now. And like I said, I'm, I'm real appreciative. I'm honored, man. You're such a legend. And you know, when I tell people of the situation, it's unbelievable, man. So I believe everything we're doing, we're doing the impossible. I want to continue doing the possible and mm. I want to continue to break ground. I want to continue conquering and I want to continue to keep those conquering spirits alive. Mm. I'm, I'm not ready to settle down and smooth out for nobody. I'm, I got boots in the car. If I need to stomp something out right now, I got the combat gloves with me when I walk, you know what I mean? So. I just want to work, man. I want to show the world what it is, man. And if you need some polo, make sure you holler at my brother LeBron James, LeBron James on Instagram. He's the plug right now. Let's get it. You know Tell him, man. Tell him I'm 2x3x. Let's uh, get it. I never thought I was going to make it this far. Wow. Never thought I was going to make it this and far. And here we are, Vic. Here we are. I'm here rocking are, KG Vic. right here now. Here we are, Vic. Yep. Ah, yeah. fucking Big Low. And that's certified. Yeah. Big Low in this bitch. Absolutely. Hold on, we get